welcome, 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 welcome. I swear you get louder every time. <laughs> Dude, that's actually the that's probably the quietest I've ever been. Really? I feel like it was definitely louder than the last time. Oh no, dude! I I have basically screamed it before. Yeah, you have. Yeah. <laughs> uh, welcome to Hunting Pixels, the official video game podcast of Culture Bop. We have got a great show for you today. We're going to be talking a lot about the big old fat game awards that are happening on Thursday as our topic of the show. Uh, we're also going to talk about some TV shows, some movies, you know, like we always do. Typical, and of course. Yep. Uh, we're also going to get to our picks of the week. I said, I am your venerable host, the one and only Bebop man, Josh McMullen. And I am joined by Austin game of the year. Stevens, no Dylan today. Nope. Uh, not today. How you doing buddy? It's uh, it's been a day. It's been the last couple of days. Uh, yeah. You're, uh, you're down and out cause you can't get a PS five. I'm I'm pretty sure if I count all my attempts up, I'm pretty sure I'm like twelve and zero or zero and twelve right now. Uh, you and probably like thousands of other people. Oh yeah, dude. I I, I saw where one guy on Twitter posted that uh, this was this direct today was his twenty third attempt. God, I just me. Jesus. I feel you. I'm <laughs> a, I can't what you're going through because it fucking sucks. Yeah. God damn I'm, it. Uh, I mean, I've got enough on my plate. I, I know I was telling you guys in the, the text earlier, that I've mm-hmm. got enough on my plate that I'm not really worried about getting a PS5, but God damn it. I want one. Mm-hmm. I really, really want to fucking play Miles Morales in all its glory. Uh, yeah. I mean, I know I can play it now, which, uh, I will, we'll probably talk about in a little bit. Um, well, maybe we'll see. Uh, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I've got the Series X, and, like, I'm loving every second of anything mm-hmm. that I'm playing on there just because it's so much quicker and, and just nicer looking. And ch- yeah, I bet and, it fucking is. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. Um, but it it's looking like a vast, vast majority of people won't have access to a PS5 until fucking next year yeah honestly because sony just can't get their fucking shit figured out yeah and i mean it like credit where credit is due or well not n- not that i don't know why i just said that i meant to say uh to play devil's advocate advocate for a second e- xbox is still is dealing with the same kind of shit not mm-hmm. to the same extent mind you but they're they're for sure dealing with the oh yeah the, absolutely they're they're having their own hardships when it comes to this too so um but i am i'm very very uh i, I really want one <laughs> and dude and, and it's not it wouldn't it wouldn't be so bad like really honestly the stock issues wouldn't be so bad if the fucking scalpers weren't so goddamn out of hand. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. And that, what really sucks is that uh I mean you you got to deal with that every year. Mm-hmm. I mean, like uh it's an every console launch kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know why I said every year, but y- you know what I mean. Yeah, 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 I get what you're saying, for sure. But and it anyway. just fucking sucks. Have you seen the um like uh fuck what was it there was a listing on ebay that somebody made 
that somebody fucking purchased. And in the description of the listing, it says, uh, do not buy. You are not getting the console. You are getting a printed out picture of the PS5. And he was selling it for $500 and two people bought it. Um, no, I, I haven't seen that, but, uh, I believe it. Cause I feel like I remember reading a story about that happening when, mm-hmm. uh, was it the last one? What? Last launch uh, happened. Like people were just selling the boxes or something. Yeah, people were just selling the boxes, and then I've seen people just selling the picture. And the most fucked up part about it is, um, eBay can't do anything about that because it was in the description that that's what he was selling. According to eBay standards and regulations, he did not do anything wrong. Yeah. So somebody just paid $500 for what they thought was a console and ended up being a fucking picture. Yeah. Can you imagine that? How fucking pissed off would you be? Oh, fucking very, very pissed off. I would probably go out in the street and just literally assault the first person that I saw. Yeah. (laughs) Like it's not even their fault, but you know what? You're just in the wrong place at the wrong time, homie. Sorry, bud. You're getting fucked up. And it sucks, um, but whatever. So, uh, yeah, that sucks. But uh, you know what sucks even more? What? Getting killed by a serial killer. Probably. All right. I, yeah, I, I, would, I, would, I wouldn't know, but, <laughs> but uh, I don't have any firsthand experience there. But yeah, I, I would imagine. Uh, I know that a couple weeks back I had talked to you guys about uh, how we were going to start a journey down watching all the Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street movies, mm-hmm. um, kind of like culminating in the Freddy versus Jason. Yeah. Well, we've officially started. Oh, and, boy. Um, uh, I think it's in part it's because I got that Blu-ray collection, which uh, I think you've seen it's on yeah 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 i've seen it instagram feed um that thing is dude the pack yeah, is cool. gorgeous and the the 4k scans from the negative of the original film reel for uh uh mm-hmm. part one and two are stunning yeah I, I remember picking up like the dvds for them back in the day and like i was like yeah this is definitely an 80s movie and like you can still see film grain and shit like that on these 4k transfers but like Dude, these movies look fucking wonderful. Oh yeah, I bet they fucking do. So, um I'll go ahead and I'll start with the first one. And then we'll we'll move on to you. But uh All right. So, the first one released in 1980 uh starring a young Kevin Bacon. I think it was like one of his first like really roles. I did not know he was in that movie. Yeah, he's actually he's one of the first deaths in the movie. Also, I think he really? might be the third, second, huh. third. I genuinely didn't know that. Uh, spoiler alert! I guess for a fucking forty year old movie. Uh, <laughs> I don't think you have to spoiler alert that, <laughs> right? If you haven't uh, seen it yet, it's kind of your own fucking fault. At this point, so Honestly. um, the this movie is really famous. Uh, in pop culture for being the one that's 
doesn't have Jason in it, right? Like every every yeah. one of those, like from like it, it, I, it's like talked about in Scream, where it's like who was the killer in Friday the Thirteenth, and she's like Jason, you son of a bitch, and then he's like, no, it was Mrs. Voorhees, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. So like it's people know that this is the one without Jason, yeah. Um, and to that end, uh, I think that people either do one of two things with this movie. They either romanticize it because it doesn't have Jason in it. And they're like, Oh, this movie is good. It's like groundbreaking or whatever. Mm -hmm. Or people hate it because it doesn't have Jason in it. I don't, I don't like, I mean, there are a few people who are like, think that it's pretty good or, or, you know, pretty bad for its own merits. But a lot of people are like, Either you like it because it has Jason, or you like, or you like it because it doesn't have Jason, or you like it because it doesn't. It's one. Yeah. In my experience, I don't know. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Uh, and I remember when I first watched it, I knew that it didn't have Jason in it. Mm. Uh, but that's that didn't really factor into my equation when I was thinking about like how I felt about it. Yeah. But I remember really finding it kind of fucking boring um like there are some cool effects in the movie because this was uh it might have been tom savini's first movie uh if it wasn't it was like one of his first um and uh tom savini's a fucking legend in the in the genre because Mm -hmm. uh his makeup effects and shit anyway so there's some good stuff in there uh, f- for that, but for the most part, I I found the movie uh, originally at least very boring. Um, but on this rewatch, uh, it was a lot better than I remembered. Um, really? Yeah, it's I it's still I think one of the weaker Friday the Thirteenth movies mm-hmm. be- because it's uh, I mean it, it's a fucking boring. It really is like. Mm. Some of the stuff is slow because it's trying to like develop characters and stuff like that. But to me, there's not enough characterization in any of the victims for me to fucking care. Yeah. What's going on? Like the, for instance, Kevin Bacon's character, him and his girlfriend, they are there and they get, they're in the movie for a while, probably probably at least 30 minutes, uh, maybe even closer to 45. Uh, and like, that's cool, but like, I don't really learn a whole lot about them, but like, they also still don't get killed till like the halfway point of the movie. So like, like what, what's going on? You know what I mean? Like they're, they're trying to set up characters and shit like that, but like nothing is fucking happening in this fucking movie. Yeah. Um, I will give the movie this. I think that it looks really good for as much as Sean S. Cunningham is not very good at direction in terms of like being able to make the language of film, like tell a story on its own. Mm -hmm. His, his shot composition and the way he moves the camera and stuff like that are relatively solid. Like, I don't think that there's anything in here that's overtly bad. Yeah. It's just bland. Okay. Uh, the the stuff that really sticks out to me as working 
are obviously the effects like I talked about before. Uh, I think the music is really good. And I absolutely love, uh, God, what is her name? I'm blanking on her name all of a sudden. Um, oh, my God. Friday the 13th. Bing. <laughs> he said, just let me look, look that shit up real quick. Betsy Palmer. Okay. Okay. I don't know why I couldn't remember her name. Yeah. Um, but she she plays uh, Pamela Voorhees. Uh, okay. Or actually, in this one, technically, Mrs. Voorhees, because you don't actually know that she's named Pamela until I think like chapter four. Okay. But, um, yeah, I think she's really fantastic. And, uh, like, I don't want to say underutilized because like she's in the movie, the appropriate amount, but mm-hmm. I, I think she's really great in the role and, uh, does a really, really nice job. Yeah. Um, but overall, I still think that it is on the lower end of the movies for me. I just, there's, there's not enough that makes me want to come back to it and be like, fuck yeah, I'm in, I'm into this. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, uh, I, I think I've only ever seen the first one. I'm going to be honest. Really? I'm pretty sure I've only ever seen the first one. Um, I think I saw, well, isn't there like a Jason in space movie or something? Yeah. Jason X. <laughs> I've seen that one and I've, 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 I've seen Freddy versus Jason and I think that's about it. Okay. Uh, like I don't want to make it come across like I, I think it's terrible. Cause I mean, it is in the lower end of the Friday the 13th for me, but like there are a lot, I mean, I mean like a lot of people who, place it near the top like top Mm -hmm. so like i mean it's it's not bad it's just yeah it's just like there are so many more like more interesting slasher movies that came out around the same time or or if not around the same time like in that same sort of like five-year period where slashers were gigantic like Mm-hmm. The original Nightmare on Elm Street, for instance, I think is way more inventive and has a like a lot more to say about things like like the uh, middle America suburbs and like and fucking uh, like Reaganites. You know what I mean? Like it has a political message to it, even if it's buried into the subtext of the movie. This one just isn't really about anything other than like. These kids are at a camp and they're getting killed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, and, and even in the series for me, like there are way like none of these characters in this in this particular movie. I really give a shit about <laughs> none of them are completely yeah. memorable like at all. OK, Um. I don't know. It It's fine. It's not the worst thing I've ever seen, but yeah. Yeah, I'm, I might have to go back and rewatch it. It's been a dude. It's been probably fucking ten years since I've even seen that movie. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe it's worth a rewatch. Uh, maybe, yeah, I, I think not. it's definitely worth worth a, a rewatch or mm-hmm. at least a one time watch. Yeah. But yeah, I might do that while I got some time on my hands around Christmas. You know what better way to get in the Christmas mood than to watch a fucking slasher movie? Yeah, about a a, a non existent holiday. <laughs> Exactly. There you go. Uh, why don't you tell me about 
what is this MCU madness that you? That you're- I don't know. I was trying to say something clever, and it just kind of ended up sounding stupid more than anything. Um, <laughs> I started rewatching all the MCU movies because I fucking hate myself. Mm. And dude, I gotta stand by it. I still think that easily in my top three of the MCU movies is the very first Iron Man. I uh, I think that movie's fucking incredible for for what it was and what it was trying to do. Um, I, I think it, it, it set the bar very high for the MCU that I feel like later on in the MCU's life cycle that it did not deliver. I 100% agree with you. Uh, especially when you take into the account that, um, uh, the movie didn't really have like an actual script, the entire shoot. Yeah. Like they had a story idea and just kind of like, we're like, okay, let's shoot around it or whatever. And just kind of went off on. And I think that goes back to. Um, that goes back to uh, really Fa- Favreau, Favreau, however the fuck you pronounce his dumb name. John Favreau, yeah. Um, I I think he is an incredible fucking director. I do too. Honestly, uh, I mean, it, look at what he's doing with the fucking Mandalorian. Yeah, which I I still haven't seen started season two yet, but um, I just judging off the first season alone, he did a absolutely fantastic fucking job. Mm-hmm. But I don't even think I finished the first season, dude. I'm not gonna lie. I think I got to like, I got to the prison break episode in season one. And I think that's about uh, as far as I got. I think that was episode six or seven or something. Something uh, like yeah. that. Something like that. But um, yeah, I think he is a phenomenal fucking director. Um, and yeah, I don't know, man, there's just something about that first Iron Man movie. I don't know if it's just the fact that it, it's what started the entire thing. Um, or the fact that Hollywood pretty much laughed at, at Favreau for even casting Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, because this was in the time where he was like battling all his drug issues. Yeah, like not doing so hot. He had just, I know he had just gotten out of rehab and like gotten clean for like the final time um, mm-hmm. going into this movie. And even when you watch, dude, when you watch his fucking screen takes, it's just like it, it's almost like the character we're seeing in the movie is, isn't Tony Stark. It's almost like the character we're watching in the movie is Robert Downey Jr. Like he, oh, yeah. he is Iron Man and I, he, he portrays it so fucking well. Yeah. I, I agree with that. I, I think that there's a lot to say about, mm-hmm. uh, uh, like what he brought in to the character from his own experience. Yeah. Sure. I think he's easily one of the best casted out of the, out of the whole thing. Oh yeah, the fucking hands down. Um, I w- I would say that I would say him and I think Chris Evans was also really well casted. I don't re- I can't really think yeah, of another actor that I feel like would do as good of a job as Chris Evans has done so far. Um, same thing with Chris Hemsworth too. I honestly I feel like all of the original six Avengers I feel like were just excellently casted. Um, you you could say some things about everyone else. Uh, um, for sure. With the exception of like Chad, I think Chadwick Boseman was a phenomenal casting choice, and, and that's honestly pretty much it. Um, but yeah, dude, it's I, I rewatched that movie today, and I was just like, God damn, I don't remember loving this movie so much, but here I am, absolutely <laughs> adoring it. Oh yeah, I I don't know where it lines up for me in the MCU, but it's definitely near the top. Mm-hmm. I, I genuinely really think that movie is fucking wonderful. And then I was like, all right, now it's time to go to Iron Man 2, even though I really don't fucking want to. Yeah. 
Yeah, Iron Man 2 is kind of a shit show compared to that first movie. I, I think both Iron Man 2 and 3 are shit shows compared to the first movie. I I still defend the fuck out of Iron Man 3. I think Iron Man 3 is great. I don't think I don't necessarily think it's a bad movie. I just don't I definitely don't think it's anywhere near as good as the first film. Uh they're a lot closer f- to me than uh Really? Than people give them credit for. Yeah, I think yeah. the the third one has a weird problem in that it tries to pull the whole this villain isn't really the villain. Yeah. Kind of twist with it like uh like what what is his name all alden or oh, god damn it oh fuck yeah what was his name um it starts with an m yeah iron man three jesus i can't i'm looking up so much shit today <laughs> he's like i just can't remember a goddamn thing today for some fucking it's reason fucking, it's killing me man uh, i understand uh, dude i totally understand yeah, uh, he is Aldrich Killian. That's yes, yes, yes. I was thinking of uh, the other guy, the guy that they faked. Oh, the the Mandarin. Yes, the Mandarin. That's it. Yeah. So, well, so I don't necessarily have a problem with the characterization of the man, uh, the Mandarin, um, like how they they trade up, they played him off as like a joke, like he's just an actor or whatever. Mm-hmm. I I didn't have a problem with that at all because I, the thing for me was I knew that Aldrich. Aldrich Killian, goddamn, yeah, was the bad guy from the minute that that little like, uh, oh my god, what what's the the prologue? The little prologue happens, yeah, where they're talking. I was like, okay, this guy's the bad guy. Got it. We're going forward. No, honestly. Um, so like, but they try to play it off a, a little bit too much, like it was, um, like. Like it was going to be a twist, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I was like, this is not a fucking twist at all. Mm-hmm. It's not even fucking close. Yeah. I, I saw this coming from a mile away. And I think that's. I think probably, a lot of people did. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's probably its biggest sin it, mm-hmm. to, to me is that it, it tries to play it off as something that it's not. But, um, but, uh, I, you know, I, I defend the movie, but like, I understand why people don't like it. Yeah, I I am excited to get to the first Captain America again, because I do think that movie is also great. Um, it's not the Winter Soldier, which I still stand by as the best movie in the entire MCU. Yeah, I do, too. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to kind of give them another watch through. I'm debating whether or not, dude, if it even ever fucking comes out at this point, um, I might go see Black Widow in theaters just because I feel like that's a movie that I wanted to see 10 years ago. Mm, yeah, th- that's that's my problem with it, and that's why I probably won't see it. Yeah. At this point, I just don't care. I feel like this should have been done a long time ago. Yeah, if it had been released around the same time as, like, say, Iron Man 2 or or maybe, like, the year after or the year after that, you know, mm-hmm. somewhere within that time frame before the first Avengers movie, I would have been all for it. Yeah. At this point, I already know the character. I don't give a shit. Yeah, honestly. Kind of just don't give a fuck at this point. This is kind of it. But um, I, I'm still interested in it, I guess, is what I can say. Yeah, I like the cast. So, like, I might give it a shot when it comes to streaming, but, like, 
it's going to be one of those things that like i'm definitely not going to go see in theaters yeah no that's uh, the the streaming it is probably about as far as that's going to go honestly which i don't know i guess it just kind of depends on how i'm feeling about it when it comes out oh uh, yeah honestly because I, I might change my mind and go see it but we'll see why did this just crash on me i hate this <laughs> but yeah, yeah first iron man movie it's fucking it's something else dude it, it yeah. really i remember it seeing really it is. i think this is really fucking cool um that i was able to see i was actually able to see endgame in the exact same theater that i was able to see the first iron man movie in oh that's fucking cool and it I I can't I don't think it was the exact same screening room, but it looked nearly fucking identical to the exact same screening room. Like nothing had really changed in that theater. So that was a cool experience for me just to kind of make that correlation. I was like, damn, like I'm really here watching the same watching the end, the the end conclusion to the same series. And I was here when it fucking started. And I don't know, dude, it, it gets me thinking too. like how long can the MCU really go? Yeah, I, you know, because it, it's not going to it can't be one of those things that just goes on and goes on and goes on like they're going they have to stop eventually. I think it's going to be one of those things that it. Uh, I think it's going to like if it doesn't stop, mm-hmm. it, it's going to take like a little like three, four, maybe, maybe, maybe five year break reboot itself. And then go. Yeah. But absolutely. I just, one of the things that I am uh, a little perturbed about with the MCU um, is that, like, I don't know where they can go because they kind of blew their load with Thanos, you know? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Blew their load. God damn. Yeah. That's an accurate way to say that. Like, I just, I don't know, man. Like, I, I think that there are more threats. There are more and more of the oh, more powerful sure. cosmic threats that they can draw from. It's just introducing them at this point. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, for sure. Because, I mean, you've still got Galactus. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've still got uh, Adam Warlock. I mean, like, there are still, like, a ton of um, MCU villains or which is really weird now that i think about it that we haven't seen warlock yet because he was teased in in guardians of the galaxy 2 wasn't he i think he was teasing guardians of the galaxy 1 i think if he wasn't teased in and i think he was teased in both of them actually so i i mean i i'm not a hundred percent sure which one uh or like it, it might have been both i i genuinely don't know but like uh i mean <laughs> I think it was the I think it was both. I'm gonna look it up. Okay. When was Adam Warlock teased? At this point, like we're I mean, we've got a ton of MCU villains to draw from, but mm-hmm. like we're still dealing with the aftermath of Thanos. And I'm just like I like something's gotta give. You you guys have gotta do something soon. Yeah. Or you're gonna have lost the plot. He was teased at the end in the post-credit scene for Guardians 3. Or Guardians 2. 
Okay, I was about my to bad, my bad. not out yet. Yeah, he was teased in the post credit scene of Guardians 2, so... Okay. Because I think everybody expected him to kind of join the fray leading up to the battle with Thanos, and then they were just... And then James Gunn was just like, you know what? Let's not do that. Yeah. Or not James Gunn, but the Russo brothers. I did, do you remember a couple months ago when the Russos prayed a practical joke on literally everybody on Twitter? And people uh, fucking believed them. They said that if you slow down the frames during a certain uh, part of the final fight in Endgame, that you can see Nova flying around. Oh yeah, I do remember that. And people believed them, like, and they they didn't. They were saying it sarcastically and like just kind of joking. And people were like, "What the fuck? Like, where is he? We can't find him." They were like, "Chill, bro. It was a joke." Yeah. And that's when they learned that they've gotten so big in pop culture they can't say things like that. Yeah, right. Because somebody will believe you and spend their uh, week or two of their lives trying to figure it out. Yeah. Um, but I'm excited to see where the MCU goes from there. Um, I definitely think Galactus is a possibility, especially um, if they were to bring in the X-Men and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And the Fantastic Four. I think King the Con- the King, the Conqueror is a really is probably the next big possibility that I can see them doing. Yeah, because if I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong. The character that the little boy technically plays in um, Iron Man 3 and came back as a teenager for Tony's funeral in Endgame, which Mm -hmm. blew everyone's minds. Um, His character is supposed to have at some point in the comics become Iron Lad, who also at some point in the comics becomes Kang the Conqueror himself. Huh. So I definitely think that that's a possibility simply because they threw him in that funeral shot in Endgame. Um, And Kevin Feige and the MCU, they do not do anything without a reason. Yeah, for sure. So I think that that's a possibility that we could definitely see. Yeah, I, I need to like hundred percent for sure. Dust, dust up on my, uh, Marvel villain uh, Mm -hmm. knowledge, but I'm, I, I just want them to tell me who the next one is going to be. Uh, yeah. So I can start planning my theories on Reddit. <laughs> right. Um little bit of an interjection side note, a little bit of quote unquote breaking news here for this podcast. Halo Infinite has been confirmed for a fall 2021 release window. Yep, I literally was just looking at that. So, that's cool. I have till fall 2021 to get an Xbox. <laughs> that's fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. I'm so mad at myself. I didn't pre-order at least one of these consoles. I'm not going to buy. I'm so mad. Oh, man. it is what it is i'll get one eventually yeah at least now at least now I've, I've sold my one x um david is buying my ps4 and he's actually gone ahead and give me the money for my ps4 mm. and he was like just whenever you're able to get your hands on a on a ps5 just toss me the four so mm. i've got i've got the money set aside i just need to be in the right place at the right time so Enough. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. Uh, maybe that day is Friday the 13th. Oh, God. Are you, is that uh, all? You're just going to go over the first three movies? <laughs> uh, no, no. Because uh, I'm fine with that if that's what you want to do. Uh, I actually haven't had a chance to rewatch part three yet. But I did rewatch part two. 
we watched it two days ago, I think. Uh, Monday. Okay. I don't even fucking know. My, it was probably Sunday. But it, that's not important. What is important is my thoughts on it. And uh, it's worse than I remember it. <laughs> Really? Uh, yeah. The the part one was better than I remember it, and part two was worse than I remember it. Um, I still think that part two is uh, better than the first one because uh, there are more characters in here that I think are a little bit more fleshed out than in part one. But the problem with part two is that it's not really a matter of like you getting to know these characters. It's more a matter of okay, we're going to tell you this one character trait at the very beginning of your, your meeting with the character. And, uh, yeah, that's going to define their entire personality. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, that's, that's fine in these slasher movies. Uh, that I think this is definitely where the slasher tropes started getting born. If that makes sense. Like, because from from eighty to probably around eighty four or eighty five, that that little five year window, slashers were like the biggest fucking thing. Like when you went to go see a horror movie, it was just dumb slashers. You know, what I mean? mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, but I really feel like this was the one that was like, here here's these r- legit one note characters. Uh, g- go go have fucking fun killer Mm -hmm. um so the thing about part two that stands out to me other than the fact that the characters are a little bit better than the first one is that it is definitely shot better uh i think there are a lot more uh really nice moments of dread in this one compared to the first one uh the problem is that some of them drag on for way too fucking long and don't even make any sense. Like for instance, there's this one guy in a wheelchair who Mm -hmm. he's, he's trying to get it in with this girl, Mm. uh, which actually funny side. Me too. Uh, his, his, uh, character straight, but he in real life was gay. Yeah. And, um, the girl who he was supposed to be like interested in, in the movie actually developed a crush on him in real life. <laughs> oh, so, so that, that fucking was, uh, a funny. Oh no. Running through my head. Um, but, uh, so he, he goes out to kind of like look for her cause she, she's like, I'm going to go get freshened up or whatever. So he goes out onto the front porch of the little building that they're in. And he's like, cause he hears something and he's like, you know, calling her name or whatever. And then he, the porch ends and there are no other like doors or anything like that. There's nothing in his way that could be obstructing like her. Like there's no way she could be hiding, but he like is calling her name and just calling her name and calling her name, looking in that direction. And I'm like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. It's very clear that she's not there. Like, what are you fucking calling out for? Yeah. Uh, that I, it's supposed to serve up as like a moment of dread and like he, he definitely gets it for sure. Mm-hmm. But it, it was just one of those things that like, I was like, uh, dude, there are so many other like better kills in this movie in terms of like invoking dread. 
Yeah. And and this is probably your most iconic kill in the movie. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he gets a machete to the face and then like gets thrown out into a storm and rolls down a, a stairway backward. <laughs> it's fucking brutal. Jesus Christ. Yeah. It sounds <laughs> brutal. Fuck. Uh, but I, there are, there are moments of this movie that I think are legitimately like really kind of like creepy. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, there's, there's this one scene where you, you know that the, the girl is going to get it, but it's still one of those things. that's like, Oh man, like, Holy shit. That, yeah. That's, that's fucked. And it's uh, actually it's this scene like pretty much right after that where so the girl who was flirting with the wheelchair guy, she comes back in. She's looking for him. And this is actually something that I thought was hysterical. Yeah. And and Kayla pointed out she's looking for him. He's in a wheelchair. And then she's like, hmm, let me go check for him upstairs. Like, how is he supposed to get upstairs? He's in a fucking wheelchair. (laughs) Jesus. <laughs> oh no. But but so she goes upstairs and she walks into the room where another couple was fucking and they got killed and she sees blood on the on the thing and you're expecting her to like go in, lift up the cover, see the dead bodies and then someone's going to pop out from behind her, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so she goes to go do it, and then Jason fucking pops up out of the bed, like, from underneath the sheets, and it's like, oh, holy fuck, I wasn't expecting that. Um, I don't know. There, there are some really cool moments in this movie, but overall, I, it's just, it's not as good as I remember. It's, yeah, it, it's perfectly fine. <laughs> it's not great. It's not bad. It's just kind of in the middle. Yeah. Okay. Um, that said, I I still think it's it's one of the better sequels. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's somewhere in the probably. Let's see, there are, I guess, I guess twelve total Friday the Thirteenth movies, and it's probably somewhere in the top five. Oh my god, I can't believe there's that many. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, that said, why don't you tell me a little bit about Demon Slayer? Yes. So I, I've been reading it. I got a little, um, I probably got like 20, 30 chapters deep and I was like, God, I kind of just want to watch it. I don't really want to fucking read this shit anymore. Cause I'm reading so many mangas at the same time. Mm. Um, also I am going to edit out what else I was going to talk about. Cause I have something way more important that I think needs to be talked about. Alrighty. Um, but yeah, Demon Slayer. So the Funimation streaming Funimation streaming service has finally added the dub to Demon Slayer as of four o'clock today. Um, mm. And oh my god, this was so fucking funny. So in a lot of English voice acting, uh, voice dubs, especially done by Funimation, there is a very prominent voice actor that goes by the name of Johnny Young Bosch. A lot of people might recognize him as I think he was either the second or third Black Power Ranger uh, in uh, the very I, first I Power Ranger series. Third. Yeah, it's it's he's either the second or the third. Um, I know he was in the in the first Mighty Morphin uh, movie. I know he he portrayed the Black Ranger in that. Um, but uh, he after that he moved on to to animated voice acting and he has done some very iconic roles. 
Uh, he voiced the main character whose name is losing me in Bleach, probably because I can't stand that show. I think <laughs> it's cringy and I think it's awful, but that's a whole other conversation. Um, he he voices like easily 10 or 12 different fucking background characters in Naruto. Uh, he voices the main characters in Code Geass, and he was recently uh, casted as Broly in all Dragon Ball media moving oh, forward. Damn, okay. So I don't know how he's going to do that. But anyway, we were watching Demon Slayer and one of the biggest, like most powerful characters that you kind of learn a lot more about at the end, but he shows up in the first episode. Me, mind you, me and Madison had not heard the dub for this show yet. And so when he, when we knew he was about to come on screen, I, I looked at Madison, I was like, 10 bucks says it's fucking Johnny Young Bosch. Sure fucking enough, it was Johnny Young Bosch. <laughs> and I was like, God fucking damn it. Of course it is because they have to give the most powerful motherfucker in this show one of the most iconic English dub anime voice roles. Um, but God, dude, Demon Slayer, it starts off with a fucking bang. Um, it starts out with the main character, Tanjiro. He's going down to, he's going down to town to sell some, sell some material to try to bring money to his family. Uh, his family is very poor. It's very large. I think he has like five or six uh, brothers and sisters in total. Um, and their father passed away recently. So it's just them and their mom. So he's trying to bring food back and it starts to get, he basically, he, his, him and his family live at the top of a mountain and there's a village at the base. Um, so he got all the way down to the base, starts going halfway up and it starts to get dark and an old man that he knows from traveling back and forth said, Hey, starting to get dark out you know, demons might come soon. You need to go ahead and just stay here for the night. So Tanjiro says, oh, God, I don't really want to do that, but okay. Cause Tanjiro at this point doesn't really believe in, in the demons cause he's never actually seen one. And a lot of people there haven't. So he sleeps there, wakes up in the morning, rushes home. And Tanjiro has this really unique ability of scent. Like he can just smell anything from anywhere. And it's really fucking odd. Yeah, that is weird. But uh, he starts as he's getting closer to his home, he starts to notice the smell of blood. And so he starts freaking out. And he gets up there to find his entire family slaughtered, like their guts thrown open. Their one 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 of his siblings is literally ripped in fucking half, with their blood and guts like thrown all around his house. Mm. Um, but he realizes his sister is still alive. Uh, one of his sisters, uh, Nezuko, she's still alive. She has a little bit of warmth to her body, so he's carrying her down. He's trying to get her to town to get a medic, and she ends up trying to bite him. And he re- he realizes that somehow, some way, she herself has turned into a demon. Oh, and shit. pretty much the whole story is trying to calm her bloodlust. Because, like, she really doesn't want to kill anybody. Like, she's able to maintain her humanity a little bit. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't want to kill anybody, but she kind of has this insatiable urge to do it. Um, but they realize a couple episodes later, she can either eat people to get her energy back like a normal demon would, or she can take really long periods of hibernation where she can sleep for like weeks and weeks and weeks at a time. And she'll kind of build her energy back up. And when she actually does like is awake and sees demons and shit, she is a fucking unit. She's straight up kicking demons heads off, like right off their necks with one fucking kick. It's incredible. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen any images from Demon Slayer, but that's why she has the uh, the stick of bamboo uh, wrapped yeah, around yeah. her mouth, so she oh. doesn't get the urge to like bite bite anyone she's around. Oh. Um, I'm only about third episode, th- three episodes deep. I'm pretty, like I said, I'm pretty deep in the manga, so I kind of know where it's going. Um, 
but I'm really excited to keep watching because I think the animation animation in the first episode alone is fucking incredible. Dude, the animation for that that anime is fucking top notch. It really is. It really fucking is. And it's just oh my god, dude. It's it's one of the most like it's been a long time since an anime has made me feel this fucking sad. Like this show starts out with a fucking punch to your goddamn gut. Mm. Like imagine just coming home and finding your entire family like slaughtered and eaten alive. Ugh. Like it's just uh, fucking crazy. What about um you and your little brother like losing your bodies because of uh uh trying to resurrect oh. your mom? Yeah, that is sad too. That is also very sad. I I've actually I've I've been, I've been wanting to go back and watch the original more, but dude, to me the original is just twice as fucking sad. Um, for Full Metal Alchemist. Yes, I I don't think Brotherhood is as sad and depressing as the original is. I tend to disagree with that, but um, well, I don't know. Brotherhood got a happy ending. The original did not. Well, that's fair. The original did not get the happy ending that I wanted it to have. Uh, yeah. But it's been a, it's been a while. Maybe I should See, go back. Yeah, I, I need I need to go back and watch it again too. Because uh, or well, not that one in particular, but uh, the original one. I don't know. I really like Brotherhood, and I really love the manga. I I remember reading the manga when I was in like fucking sixth grade and just absolutely loving it. Mm-hmm. Um. But honestly, there are some aspects of the story that I like more in the original than in Brotherhood. Mm. Not a lot. There's not a lot, but there's some. Yeah. But Demon Slayer, it's really cool. They finally added it dubbed, and I'm super excited because that is not a show. Um, I, I know all the big anime fans that listen to this are like cringing in their fucking boots, but that's not a show I want to watch subbed. Yeah, no, there's there's so much going on with the animation. Absolutely. I want to be able to like understand and see every bit and piece of it. I don't want to fucking have to rewind scenes because I watched the fight and then go back and fucking read the subtitles. And that might just be me. That might just be because I'm no, stupid. That that's me with with literally every anime. I, mm-hmm. I want to watch the the sub before I watch the dub. Like I'll I'll go back and I'll I'll watch the dub just to hear like the yeah. Japanese voice acting and shit. But um I prefer subbed all mm-hmm. I mean, dubbed all the time because I like watching the animation. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, uh, with that said, I'm going to run through this one relatively briefly um, because we are long in the tooth already. (laughs) Yeah, we're getting there. Um, All right. So Kayla and I watched The Queen's Gambit, which was which is a little seven part uh, like mini series, I guess, is what you would call it Mm -hmm. on Netflix. Um, it's based on a book and actually, funnily enough, I found out that it was, uh, written and directed by Scott Frank, who I had not heard that name in a very long time, Yeah, but he was the guy who, uh, wrote and directed a little movie back in 2007 that I adored mm-hmm. called the lookout. Um, if you ever get a chance to look at that movie, uh, it's, it's something special. Okay. Um, or at least I remember it being that way. I haven't seen it since probably 2007. Yeah. But I, th- I thought it was fucking great. Oh, yeah. Um, 
anyway, uh, so The Queen's Gambit is a period piece about a up-and-coming uh, chess player, and it takes place in the 60s, um, mostly in Kentucky, but uh, it kind of goes around the entire world, really. Yeah. And, uh, dude, it's really good. It's yeah. it, one of the better TV series that I've watched this year. Uh, I don't know if it's up near the top, but it's, uh, I mean, I don't know if it is the top, but it is, it's hanging around up there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, it is bolstered by Anya Taylor joys, just absolutely magnetic performance. Like she is fucking incredible like she is one of the best young actresses working today i think um i remember watching her first in uh i think it was the witch that i saw her in first yeah um and then she was in also in split uh i haven't seen glass yet so i don't know what that's about um and uh i really loved her in those first two movies um I, I don't think that the witch holds up particularly well. I know okay. people will disagree with me on that, but yeah, I, I don't think it's that great of a movie. How dare you say that? I know, right? Um, I've never seen it, so I can't say shit. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm sure, as you can tell, I'm just, it's partly because of who I'm married to, but I am not really a horror movie guy. Like, I enjoy them. Mm-hmm. It's not really that. I, I very thoroughly enjoy them. I just don't you get the chance to participate in them very often. <laughs> That's so, and I, I don't like watching movies by myself, especially horror movies. Cause I'm a little fucking baby. Oh, I, I love that shit. <laughs> That's my jam. Okay. Um, Both? but yeah, uh, she's, she's fucking phenomenal. She's like I said, one of the best young actresses mm-hmm. in the, in the business. Okay. Um, and and her performance in this is fucking captivating. Like she is really really fucking good. Hell yeah. Um but it basically follows her from the point where she first becomes interested in chess mm-hmm. uh, when she's like a little uh girl all the way up to the point where she wins the uh well spoiler alert god sorry. <laughs> Spoiler alert for this really great TV show. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. Um, uh, where she wins the basically the grandmaster, mm-hmm. uh, or or she beats the grandmaster. She wins like this t- tournament in Russia. Um, but one of the things that I thought was really good about it was like I felt like the the writing was really really fucking solid. Like all throughout. Yeah. It, it kind of starts to drag towards the end just a little bit. Like I, I noticed like there were a couple of things that uh, just, they kind of felt like they were doing the same thing over and over uh, or, or at least like two or three times. And I was like, I've already kind of seen this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, the w- besides that minor gripe, uh, the the writing is really fucking strong and it's got this really uh like smart through line where it kind of juxtaposes uh what fuck what is her name um try, 
Beth, that's her name. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of juxtaposes her like obsession with uh, with chess and also her struggles with addiction. Like she gets addicted to chess as a child and it becomes like the only thing that she thinks about sort of thing. Okay. Like, throughout the series, she also kind of has really, really a hard time with like substance abuse. Like she takes pills. She uh, like towards the end of the series when she's kind of like hitting her lowest thing, like she abuses like uh, all kinds of drugs and alcohol. And like, it's, it's really a nice way of weaving the two together. So it's like, I mean, really, I think that the show is ultimately like the big theme of the show is about uh, addiction. Okay. Um, cause a lot of the characters, like they have the same sort of, uh, problems, but to like differing degrees mm-hmm. and, and the shows about kind of like how they deal with each of them or how each of the characters kind of deals with that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, man, it's, it's just, it's really fucking great. Uh, I, I highly recommend it. Um, okay. I'll check it out. Yeah. If, if I ever get the chance to. It's on Netflix. It's uh, oh, yeah. it's well worth your time. I live for net for things on Netflix. <laughs> Very much so. Uh what is not on Netflix though is <laughs> God damn. I tried. Actually, I you're wrong. The first season is on Netflix, but only oh, the first okay. season. Well, for whatever fucking reason. Get your shit together, Netflix. But it's Attack on Titan, so tell me about it. I know you're excited because the new season just started. Oh, my God. So a lot of people, including myself, were very skeptical about this new season because it's actually a completely different animation studio that's animating the final season. Mm, Okay. And let me tell you, they did not censor. They are very clearly. I mean, they they admitted this in, in an interview a little while ago. Um, This new season was supposed to come out a long time ago. But thanks to COVID coming in and saying, hey, fuck everything you enjoy, uh, it got pushed back. Um, but which I think that was a good thing because I think that gave the animators time to catch up or let the manga kind of take its pace and kind of catch up to it. Um, the new cha- newest chapter of the manga came out Saturday, which was fucking fantastic. But that's not what I'm talking about. Um, I The manga is very close to being done. It has a maximum of three to five chapters left. Like they are in the final confrontation. Um, and they have confirmed that this will be the final arc and this season will be the final season. Um, cause the actual subtitle of the show is attack on Titan, the final season. Mm, okay. And dude, I, the, the animation is so fucking incredible this season. I have never seen, I typically hate the use of CGI in anime. I think it looks like trash 90% of the fucking time. I I would go so far as to say I hate CGI in all animated things. Mm-hmm. But just they the only time they used CGI was when two of the characters were Titan shifting, and it was so f- it it went from CGI and transition to traditional animation so fucking seamlessly, and it was just an absolute it was absolutely gorgeous to to look at. Um, I'm gonna talk about the first episode a little bit. Uh, without going, I'm going to try to tread over a, some big story elements because I don't want to spoil anything. Um, I don't know if you ever plan to catch up and finish it, but oh, I don't want to spoil I a whole lot. Do. I just, 
it's going to be a while. <laughs> yeah. So basically, uh, going into season four, you've we've learned that the Titans are not this uh, abnormal thing that just happens. Like they're not. Um, Titans are actually uh, people who are captured and injected with this formula that turns them into these beasts. Um, basically, thousands of years ago, there was a woman named Ymir. And she was revered as a goddess, and she made a deal with what people thought was the devil. And that gave her the ability to turn into the founding titan. The founding titan then went and created nine servants, which were all the different forms of the titans. Like, uh, I know you said you watched season one. Did you did you finish all of season one? Yeah. Okay, so you saw you saw Annie as the female titan there at the end. Yes. Yeah, she like like she is she is one of those original nine titans like with her power passed down. And Aaron is the same way. Aaron is what's called the attack titan. Um, I'm not going to spoil it, but obviously the colossal and the uh, armored titans that we see at the very beginning uh, basically come in and fuck up Aaron's life for the worse. Um, They are also two of the original nine descending titans. And basically season four starts off with a with a country called Marley, which is kind of where this whole fucking issue started, um, treating uh, Eldians, who are the descendants of the original Ymir, as basically second second class citizens because they're descendants of Ymir. Um, they're considered to be tainted evil. And there's a lot of fucking parallels to World War Two that me and Madison noticed when we were watching that I didn't pick up reading the manga. Um, like they basically capture Eldians and they make them live in internment camps and they make them wear armbands that signify that they're an Eldian when they're walking through town. Like if you're walking through town and you don't have that armband, but somebody recognizes you, they will literally either beat the shit out of you or kill you publicly on the spot. Um, damn. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's some actual like Nazi Germany occupation shit. Um, but basically they take, uh, every year, every seven years, Marley takes nine, uh, nine Eldians. Well, less because they don't have the attack Titan because Aaron has that has that power. Um, but they take they take Eldians, Eldian children, and they say, "Hey, we'll let your families live if you participate in what we call a warrior program." And a warrior program is where they train these children to eventually inherit the the Titan shifting abilities. Um, Basically, everybody who has a Titan shifting ability, they have seven years to live after they receive the ability. Like their body will degrade and just die. So at the end of the seven years, um, they inject a serum into the warrior candidate to turn them into a mindless Titan. And then they actually have them eat the previous shifter. And that gives them the ability to Titan shift. And that fuck, dude, there's so much more. But the basically the first se- the first episode of the new season starts out with you meeting the new the the current generation of warrior candidates and they're assaulting another country's like uh they're assaulting another country's like naval port mm-hmm. and the basically they fly this plane in and they open they open a cargo bay and there's like 45 Eldians strung up in body bags like they're still alive but they're strung up in these body bags and they press a button on the plane and a syringe comes down and injects them and then they drop them onto this country. And while they're falling through midair, they all turn into mindless Titans. So they just land in this fucking port and just start eating and devouring and destroying everything. And the way that was animated with just the Titans falling, like 
I could almost feel the terror that these people would have felt looking up and seeing some shit like that just falling from the fucking sky. Yeah. It, it was an incredible fucking sequence. And I'm really excited to see some of the rest of the shit animated because this this manga went fucking hard. The creator of the series did an interview last week basically saying that the whole purpose of Attack on Titan is he wants the reader to be hurt at the end of it. He said, he said, if you genuinely love these characters, you will be hurt when the show ends. It's not a happy ending. And I'm very excited to see what he means by that, because there are a lot of characters. Like, if, dude, if they kill Levi off, I don't know how I'm supposed to feel. I fucking love Levi, and I don't know how I'm, or Mikasa, and I don't know how I'm going to feel about either of those characters dying. They haven't died yet, thank fucking God. But it was really good. If you haven't seen Attack on Titan yet, I don't really know where you've been for like the last six years. Um because I worked in Hot Topic when Attack on Titan became really popular, and it's all anybody ever fucking talked about when I worked there. We sold a disgusting <laughs> abundance amount of Attack on Titan merch, and it was awful. I had the same group of kids that would come in every mm. Saturday night wearing the fucking scout cloaks. It was terrible. And it made me never want to watch the show until earlier this year when my buddy Caleb was like, dude, just give it a fucking shot. You might actually like it. And now I here I am with it Where being one of my favorite animes of all time. Awesome. So, yeah, you should finish it. I don't know what you're doing, Josh. Uh, I'll tell you what I'm doing. I am thinking about the Game Awards. All right. (laughs) That's a transition if I've ever heard one. Right. Uh, So, uh, really, every genre of art seems to have its own sort of award showcasing excellence within its given field. Uh, You know, music has the Grammys, the American Music Awards, and the Billboard Music Awards. Television has the Golden Globes and the Emmys. Hollywood and film in general have a metric ton of awards with probably the Oscars, the Golden Globes, and the BAFTAs being the most well-known. Uh, the, the, the biggest difference between those genres and video games, however, is that those awards garner prestige. And as much as the DICE awards are comparable to the Oscars or the Grammys for their respective genres, the thing is they're not prestigious in at least the eyes of the gamer. Uh, yeah. So enter Jeff Keeley. Keeley began becoming a household name during his run on G4 and eventually became the host of the Spike Game Awards. Keeley, however, thought the show should be as prestigious as the Oscars, and he eventually would break off to develop his own award shows for a video games simply titled The Game Awards. Uh, now it's in its seventh year, and the Game Awards have become many things to many gamers, and that's kind of in essence what we want to talk about for you today uh i think the way that i had planned on talking about this uh that i didn't write down here uh because i'm a fucking moron is um (laughs) well we can we can go through uh some of the nominees here and kind of if you want we can kind of uh yeah I'm super down for that. Talk about those. But what I really wanted to do first and foremost is I wanted to talk with you about what I both like and dislike about the game awards Mm -hmm. and, and where I think it falters when compared to the other, uh, the other genres, right? Um, but I, I, I guess first, l- let me ask you this. How do you personally feel about the Game Awards? 
I I think the Game Awards are really cool. Um, it's something that I look forward to every year. It's something that I voted on every year for pretty much since it's been a fucking thing. Um, however, I do understand that there is a committee behind these Game Awards that pretty much make your vote not fucking matter, um, which is kind of a whole is kind of a whole discussion in itself. Um, I enjoy the game awards. I really fucking like them. I love fucking watching them, but I feel like, I feel like it's, it's much more. I feel like it has at this point, it has the same problem that every award show has where it's much less of who deserves, who, who deserves the, who or what deserves the award. And it's more so, what's more popular in this category this year. And that's kind of where I, where I have an issue. Okay. Okay. Cause I, um, I, I know you're not really a fan of the genre, but I'm, I'm big into, you know, metal core and death core and stuff like that. And they also have their own award ceremony. Cause obviously these people aren't being nominated for fucking, uh, fucking, uh, what's the, what's the music award again? I'm so out of that. Uh, the Grammys. Yeah, they're not nominated for fucking Grammys, except for one time. One of my favorite metalcore bands, August Burns Red, was nominated for a Grammy, and I'm pretty sure lost a Slipknot, and that pisses me off. <laughs> I'm still mad about that. Um, but so they have their own their own awards called the AP Music Awards, and every single fucking time – I don't even know if it's still a thing. I stopped watching after like the second year because it, it was much less about – who like they had best drummer, best drummer of the year in metalcore or best guitarist of the year in metalcore. And it was much less about their talent and much more. So which band do 15 year old scene girls think is the most popular. Mm. And I fucking hated every second of that. And I feel, I kind of feel like the game awards struggle with the same fucking problem. Mm, okay. I feel you. Um, so, so with that said, I I think I agree with you to a certain extent. Um, okay, so he, here's my problem with the Game Awards. I think that what Jeff Keighley is trying to do in his head is mm-hmm. is awesome. I I really think that like him trying to make games into something that like normal people or I hate to say that word that sounds bad but like quote unquote normal people yeah. um are sort of like uh invested in I I guess is the word I'm looking for um maybe yeah. maybe that's not right but uh it he he wants them to be as um as prestigious as the Oscars and he wants it to have that same sort of uh um kind kind of i i guess like ring to it so to speak like he he wants it to be taken seriously and i i think that that's a very very admirable place to go uh yeah. with games like i i think that it's um, it's really necessary almost for people to, uh, to be able to be like, yeah, w- the game should be taken seriously. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, absolutely. But my, my problem is it, that with those other, 
shows uh, like like the Oscars. I, I'll take the Oscars because I know the Oscars. I'll take that as my example. Yeah, the Oscars have a committee of people who are filmmakers. Like yeah, so when they vote on the things that they vote on for the Oscars, they know how movies are made. They understand like the process. They understand all the different things that you could uh, possibly go through when, when, when taking that into account. Right. So I'm not saying that the people who vote on the game awards don't do that. But the thing is the game awards are voted on by journalists. Uh, and, and this year I think is the first year they, they expanded the group to actually in- include like people like, uh, influencers and shit like that. And, um, like, I mean, that's all fine and dandy. Uh, but developers know games better than fucking journalists do. They just do because that's, that's their fucking job. You know what I mean? Like you're not going to find a journalist who knows nearly as much about game development and, and how the internals uh, of all of that work as say fucking just uh, who's uh, Neil Druckmann. He's the first fucking person that popped into my head. You like, Mm -hmm you won't find someone who knows the shit as well as he does. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it just, no, not at all. there's not a journalist out there who does it. So like they're looking at it through their own lens of, of journalism, so to speak. Like they, like yeah. I, I, here's the reason that I bring this up. I guarantee you, I 100% guarantee you the game of the year this year is going to go to the last of us part two. And do you think so? Oh yeah. I, I, I don't think there's a question in my mind. It was okay. universally fucking praised across the board. Mm-hmm. And the only, the only game in the, what is this? Six people that they have nominated that I can see even remotely getting a chance to stand against it is Hades, uh, mm-hmm. which is my technical game. Well, I, I don't know if it is or not, but it is, it is one of my favorite games of the year. Maybe my favorite. Um, but that's based purely on what I'm, I'm looking at from like the journalist scores and reviews and shit like that, that I have read personally. And it just is one of those things that like, is the last of us two really, is it really the game of the year? Because mm-hmm. of of the ones that they've got listed, it would maybe be my. I mean, it would probably be my third option, but like it, I mean, it would be close. Like yeah. I, I think that there are things I mean, that all of the other games do more. way fucking better. Like mm-hmm. I think that Hades and Ghost of Tsushima both do combat better than than The Last of Us Part Two. I think that in terms of story, I think that Ghost of Tsushima and Hades both do it better than The Last of Us Part Two. In terms Yo, of yeah. like graphical fidelity, you could argue that fucking Final Fantasy VII has the better gra- graphics. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I think that there are aspects to all these other games that do it better than The Last of Us Part Two. But I'm like a thousand percent positive that The Last of Us Part Two is going to win. 
Mm-hmm. And it's because right. it's it's because journalists vote on this shit, not fucking game developers. That's that's my big critique of the game awards. Uh, like it, and uh, I gaming is a hobby for me. It's mm-hmm. not my number one hobby. That would obviously be movies. I th- I think I've talked about that a million times before. Like mm-hmm. I'm internally my my personality is a frustrated filmmaker because I that's what I love. That's what I want to do. Like the, the, yeah. that's my passion, but mm. games are a hobby for me. And I, at the very least, I have read enough to understand what goes into these things, uh, to have some sort of grasp, some sort of like knowledge, um, to say that like I can, uh, I, I don't know how I want to phrase this. Uh, basically, I, I just think that it is kind of nonsense that it is journalists who are making these decisions on what is the the best game when journalists mm-hmm. just don't have what I personally think is the inside scoop on game development. I think the yeah. DICE Awards are significantly more important in the grand scheme of things. The problem with the DICE Awards is that they're, they're fucking boring as shit. Yeah. Like Jeff Keighley is doing a, he's doing the Lord's work over with the game awards by trying to make this into something that is palatable for everyone. And, um, I mean, I I have other issues with with the awards, but he's doing I think the best job that he possibly can. Um, yeah. There there are things that annoy me. Like I know last year they had, in order to get like fucking uh, e- e- churches to perform, they gave away awards for like best fucking art direction and shit like that before the show even started. And that to me is really kind of fucking annoying because it's like well, these are the awards, man. Like, shouldn't you be giving these away instead of have fucking churches perform on stage? Like, mm-hmm. can, can you maybe not do that? So there are, there are definitely things that need to be tweaked. Uh, I also feel like the, I know it's cool for a lot of gamers, but I, I kind of feel like the, the game announcements are out of fucking place. Like I really, yeah, because it, this isn't the time, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's yeah, cool that they're there, but like, I think that's, that's one of my favorite parts. Of oh, it, honestly. I mean, for, for sure. I think that most, most gamers will say that, but to, to me, like if you want to make this prestigious, like you don't, when you watch the Oscars as boring as they are, you never get like little teaser trailers for what's coming out for the, for the upcoming year. You know what I mean? Like, I think if they did that, I would watch them more. Uh, um, sure, sure. But I just think that like, it's not the time or the place for that. Yeah, no, I, I can see that. I can see why. Because the the whole point of the Game Awards is supposed to be celebrating the games that we've come to know and love over the last Exactly. Year. Exactly. So I, I, I understand that. I personally really fucking enjoy it. Um, but I, I understand your gripe with it. D- don't get me wrong. I'm hype as fuck when they announce shit that I'm like all about. Like I remember, yeah. what was it? Uh, God, it was like two... It was either last year or like the year before they announced uh, that the Wolf of Mungus Part 2 was coming back. Or, mm-hmm. or they announced 
the Wolf Among Us part two. I think that's what yeah. it was. And I was like, dude, my, my boner was like through the fucking roof. You know what I mean? Like it was, I was, and it was standing it was at the, attention. Was it 2018 when they announced uh, Hellblade 2, right? Uh, probably, yeah. And I'm again, sure that's when the Series X was revealed. I, I fucking full chub on that. You know what I mean? But yeah, it's uh, like I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> I'm a hypocrite. But yeah, you I just shit. it's I don't know. It's just one of those things that like I I I understand and like I even enjoy them to the extent that they're there. But it's to me one of those things that I I just. <laughs> I don't, don't think that it's the place for. Yeah, I, I just don't yeah. because this is supposed to be the Oscars of video games. This is supposed to be the Grammys of the video games. Yeah, um, and I understand that. So, uh, yeah. Well, anyway, with, with that said, um, if you want to, let's just uh, real quick, if you want to do like, are there any specific categories that stand, stand out to you that we can like I, I don't know make predictions yeah. on or anything um i would like to give my take on what i think deserves to be game of the year okay honestly uh i know i feel like you know which one i'm about to say i think i do i think i do i think that out of uh, so how, how many are there there's one two three four six. five six yeah i've only played i've only played four out of the six Okay. So I can't really comment on the last of us part two or Hades. Okay. Um, as much as I do want to try Hades, I'm just really, I'm, I'm waiting to see it at a good price because I genuinely just do not fucking like roguelikes. Like they are just not my thing whatsoever. I, I know everybody says that this is the roguelike for people who don't like roguelikes and I get that, but that's still not really enough for me to drop my money on it. Mm, yeah. So I'm kind of waiting till I can get it for a good sale on the eShop, which I'm sure will be anytime soon. I'm probably actually going to check after the game awards because most of the motherfuckers that are nominated go on a pretty good sale. Oh yeah. Um, Yeah, for sure. But out of the four games that I played, I personally feel like ghost of Tsushima should take home game of the year because that game has amazed me more so than more so than any of the four on this list that I've played. Uh, it had, I not played Hades based on, on this. And again, this could flip for me. Mm -hmm. I've played every game on this list and, Ghost of Tsushima and Hades are the two that stand out immediately to me. Yeah. Um, I just dude, there's something about Ghost of Tsushima. I just think that game is fucking phenomenal. It I really think is, man. It really th- there are people who like I have seen shit on it compared to like say The Last of Us or or, or even in the same list fucking uh Final Fantasy 7 remake. And mm. I think that the things that Ghost of Tsushima does that that Final Fantasy Seven and The Last of Us Part Two also do. I think that Ghost of Tsushima does them better. Like, I'm going to be honest. I I think Final I think the Final Fantasy Seven remake is trash compared to Ghost of Tsushima. I I don't know if I would go that far, but <laughs> but I wholeheartedly think so. I just I think that game is phenomenal, and I I don't I don't know why it took me so long to play it partially because I didn't have another PS4 yet, but fuck dude. Had I have known I was going to love this game as much as I did, I would have gotten a PS4 the day that motherfucker came out. Yeah. Yeah. Ghost of Tsushima is fucking is absolutely wonderful. I, I will ride that game's dick for the next 10 fucking years. If I have to, <laughs> uh, 
I think that game is fucking beautiful. Um, I don't know why Doom Eternal was there. Honestly, I really don't get yeah, why Doom Eternal waited for that. I think that that is more. Uh, I think that has more to do with recency bias. Like I've been listening to some podcasts, yeah. and I think that uh, there were some people that say. Um, Jedi Fallen Order should have taken its place because technically oh, Jesus, Jedi Fallen Order came out within the time frame. Like it, it missed the cutoff for last year's Game of the Award, uh, Game of the Year mm-hmm. awards, but like it was here for this one. And this might be a hot take, but I hate that fucking game. I like it a lot. <laughs> I, dude, I can't stand it. I think it's because of the voice actor for the main character. I can't uh, stand it. Okay, I mean that's fair. I, but even then, I just, I just fundamentally, I just to me, to me, it wasn't a fun game. Uh, I mean, fair enough. I, I tend to think that uh, it isn't game of the year material. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think it's good. I, I like it a lot, but I, I don't think it's game of the year material of of shit that I've played this year. If there was something that I was going to replace Doom Eternal with, it would probably be something like um, oh God. Uh, it would probably be something like uh, fuck. I'm forgetting the fucking name of it. It's on this list. Hang on. Let me go through the list of some of these other games um, or these other categories, I should say. Mm-hmm. I just. Oh, Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Yeah. Like, th- okay. like I that is a, a better representation of game of the year for me. I know Resident Evil wouldn't make it, but like personally, Resident Evil 3 remake is one of my favorite games of the year. Yeah. Um, what else is on here? Like fucking spirit fairer is really wonderful. Uh, that game is honestly getting slept on. I think that's a really good game. Oh yeah. Um, you, I, technically among us, it's nominated on, on several of these, uh, categories, but you could make a case for among us. You could make a case for fall guys, even over fucking doom eternal. Like, Fall Guys is more fun than it has any fucking right. It, it really fucking is. It really fucking is. Um, what, I mean, like I'm just going through some of these. There are, uh, God, there are several games. I mean, Miles Morales probably. Um, oh, yeah, I don't know why I didn't even fucking think of that. Assassin's Creed Valhalla has multiple things on here. Persona 5 Royale, which is one of the best reviewed games of the year. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, there are just there are a bunch of games that are even in different categories that I think you could make the case for being over Doom Eternal. Yeah. So, but I mean, it's there. I'm not gonna like. It is what it is. I'm not gonna shit yeah. on it too much. Um, I know that you had said something about you thought that Doom should win the best score or music. Yeah, absolutely. I that's honestly my favorite thing. I think that's a lot of people's favorite thing about Doom 2016 and Doom Eternal is I think the scores have been phenomenal in both of those games. Yeah, yeah I definitely I I'm I'm honestly sold that it's going to take it. I have no there's no doubt in my mind it's going to take home at least that award. I don't think so. Uh you don't think so? Yeah. I I think personally uh of the ones that are here, 
I think it's going to go to Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, okay. And I think, honestly, the the reason I think that that is going to be the case is because it's Nobuo Uematsu's original score just kind of gussied up with like additional things and that original score is fucking incredible like it's it's yeah. one of my all-time favorite video game stores uh scores okay. just straight up um, right, yeah. and i think that that's that. the case for a lot of people and since it's it's legitimately it's the same fucking score just with like added little flourishes to it there's not much that's changed at all yeah i, I think that a lot of people will uh I think that it's going to get a lot of the vote. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, I, I really think that Hades and Ori's soundtracks are, are also really, really fucking solid and probably could stand up to doom eternal. Um, I think it just comes down to uh, preference that said, I don't understand why the last of us part two is on here. I don't think that that music is anything special at all. It just sounds like the first game over again. Well, The Last of Us Part Two is in just about every goddamn category. Yeah, so. it, it really is, and uh, that's another thing that kind of annoys me. But I mean, I I think I get it. Um, it's the same. I, what was it? Twenty eighteen, where literally Spider Man, God of War, and Red Dead Redemption Two were all in like, the same in every all over it category. Yeah, and Spider Man took nothing. Yeah. I remember being mad about that. That Spider-Man <laughs> literally took home nothing. And then Red Dead literally got everything else just for God of War to take God, game of the year. Yeah. Do, uh, don't don't get me started on that, man. I, I God of War should not have won that. I don't know. I, I, I legitimately. No, I, I don't disagree. I agree with you. I don't know why I I'm gonna, disagree. I'm going to piss a lot of people off right now. I don't think God of War 2018 is all that great. Really? Um, it's okay. It's good. It is very solid. It uh, maybe even a great game, but it is not the greatest game of the generation. It's not fucking uh, like just people put way too much fucking praise and hype on that game, and it's undeserved. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway, I can see that. Um, I I kind of whether it will or not, I don't necessarily know, but I think. Um, I'm kind of hoping that that Naji Naji Jetter uh, takes home best performance as Miles Morales, and I definitely think he has a shot. Uh, yeah, I I think legitimately the closest race in this entire uh, like all of the categories I think is probably mm-hmm. the the best performance because you could easily make a case for any of these people. Um, yeah, honestly, I absolutely. I personally really like Logan Cunningham in Hades. Uh, I don't know that his character of Hades in particular, though, is the one that I would have gone with because Logan Cunningham actually plays multiple characters in Hades and I would have gone with him as Zagreus. Uh, I think that his performance as Zagreus is really kind of understated. Yeah, but I mean, he's also great as Hades. Um, I also really, really, really fucking like uh i'm not even going to attempt his name because i'm going to butcher it and like i don't want to be insensitive but the guy who plays Jin in ghost i think he's really 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 good Mm -hmm. i i'm kind of surprised i don't know i guess i'm not but i am at the same time um i'm kind of surprised that miles morales wasn't tossed up as a nomination for games for impact Um, Oh, because of the, uh, like the representation in it. 
Yeah, simply just for how much how much inclusion is in that fucking game. Yeah. Um, like I said in, in the last episode, you you have the deaf girl. You have the kind of kind of very obvious crush crush on the deaf girl. Um, you have the Black Lives Matter. You have the Black Lives Matter monument. You have the Chadwick Boseman tribute. Um, I'm I don't know. That just really shocks me, but it also doesn't shock me at the same time because that <clears throat> impact wasn't necessarily the game's intention. Yeah, yeah. So it was just something that they threw in there because they felt like that they had a voice that could be heard, and so they threw it in there. Yeah. Um, which I I said it in the very, very, very first episode of this fucking podcast. Um, Miles Morales, to me, could not have come out at a better fucking time. Yeah, I agree. So that's something else that I kind of feel like should be taken into consideration there, too. Um, the only other one that I want to touch on before we move on, uh, cause uh, again, we're <laughs> running long. Uh, yeah, the only other one, well. y- right. It fucking does, <laughs> uh, is yeah. content creator of the year. Um, I genuinely, if you haven't voted yet, I, I urge you to go out and vote for Alana Pierce. I, I, I have a huge gripe with that fucking category. Uh, is there a reason in particular? Not, not necessarily. I, I don't think it's fair to group YouTubers and Twitch streamers in the same category. I don't think that that's fair at all because I feel like those are two from, from what, from what I know, from what I've read and what I've listened to from people who do both. Mm -hmm. Um, they are not at all the same fucking thing. They're they're, not, they're not the same fucking workload. And I don't think it's very fair to either people on either platform to be grouped into the same category. I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, so that that's my gripe with that. That's my hot take. Okay. Well, I mean, fair enough. Um, uh, I wanted to, to point out Alana specifically for two reasons. Um, one uh, I just think she's a wonderful person. I think she is a bright, bright, uh, like beacon of of just positivity and joy. Um, and and you don't really get that. I think a lot in games. I, like no, I, I feel like it's even even the people like I've never looked at any of the uh, other people on this list. Like I've never in, like looked up any of their content. Um, Mm. but like, I, am sure that they're, they're positive in some form or fashion also, but Alana just to me is, I I don't know. I like, I looked at her and I'm like, that's how everyone should be. Um, but the second, the the second reason that I, I want to single her out specifically is because I think she, she has a background in, uh, in journalism. So when she is doing her podcast, uh, play, watch, listen, or she's doing her stuff with, um, her YouTube channel, or even when she's streaming, she's always trying to educate, uh, about, Mm. about games, especially like one thing that bugs me about gamers is the people who are like, um, like they'll, they'll shit on CD project red because they didn't get cyberpunk out fast enough. And I'm like, put put aside my own issues with the fact that they had to delay the game 18 billion times. Um, yeah. 
game development is fucking hard, dude. It just, mm. it's very fucking difficult. There are a lot of moving parts. Like it, it is a lot. And you don't understand that because you don't do that. And everything I've ever seen with Alana, she's always trying to educate people on that fact. She's always trying to be like, listen, this is what's going on. Like whatever, mm-hmm. the, whatever the topic is that she's, she's talking about. And yeah. I, I, I really like if you were listening to this uh, and you have the ability to vote. Well, it doesn't matter because this is actually going to come out after the game of words have aired, but, <laughs> but still Jesus Christ, yeah. go, go fucking vote for her now. <laughs> um, oh, she's wonderful. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's it for the game awards. God damn. <laughs> It was quick. Said, you know what? That's you know what? That's it. That, uh, that's we've it. Had we're, we're done. I'm I'm tired of talking about them. <laughs> Podcast is canceled. Um, yeah, it's uh, we have been kicked in the dirt, um, and uh, things and stuff. I'm I'm losing the plot here. <laughs> um, all right, let's talk about what we've been playing. I will start off with talking to you about Super Mario Galaxy. Um, oh gosh! I've been playing this as part of the 3D All Stars collection on uh, the Switch, and uh, I played this on the Wii. I never owned a Wii personally, but uh, I knew people who did own Wiis, and I I played this game. Yeah, and uh, I never got to play it really extensively, so this is my first time going in depth into it. And my God, this game is great. Uh. Really, I I would argue that it's maybe, uh, maybe. I top. actually didn't like it. Really? Oh, yeah, I wasn't a fan. Well, um, I I, I would make the argument that it's probably top three, maybe even top, like at the tippy top of three D Mario games. Um, okay. I, I really fucking like this game like a lot. Uh, yeah. it, it, I have some issues with it. Uh, I, I think, and I think it has to do specifically with the way that I'm playing it. Uh, cause I'm, mm. I am playing it handheld. I'm not playing it, uh, in the dock. Um, yeah, I have something to do with it, but overall, like the, I love the idea that you're going onto these worlds that are kind of like, uh, like little balls, like you legitimately have to go around like the entire world and the world yeah. is turning with you. And like, it makes the game a, a little more challenging than just like, just the straightforward go ahead. And like, like Mario 64, which I was playing yeah. also in the same collection, like a couple months ago. Um, it, it makes it more challenging and it, in, that sort of way also makes it more fun because I'm having to figure out how I'm going to get around this world, but also like, uh, avoid the things that I'm supposed to avoid and attack the enemies and all that shit. Uh, I just, I don't know, man. I, I think that it is really, really special. Oh yeah. It, for me, it's the motion controls. Hmm. I just hate them. I just hate motion controls in general. Yeah. I mean, that's fair because I, I think the way that it's intended to play, uh, to, to be played is it's supposed to be played with the 
like the Wii remote. That's how it was built. You know what I mean? So you're probably, when you're playing it on the switch, that's how you're supposed to be doing it too. And I, I'm playing it handheld and it's just, uh, it has those problems. Like it has, uh, the same problem in this collection specifically as Mario 64 in that the camera controls fucking suck. <laughs> like they fucking suck. I don't even think that's just that of that collection issue. I think that's just of those games issue. Uh, I don't I don't know. I think that or you cannot tell me that uh, I think that Mario Odyssey is good. I, I think the Mario Odyssey controls really well. Uh and yeah, and has uh, has a good yeah, uh camera. Um yeah. And I, I actually, I, I know that this is going to sound dumb to a lot of people who like they fucking live and die by Mario games, but I really think that, uh, what's the fucking, um, the one that was on the Wii U, uh, Super Mario 3D Land, 3D World? Yes. Hang on, I'm going to look it up. Maybe. Super Mario... Oh God! World. I'm not connected to the internet. Sh- shut your fucking mouth. Yeah, 3D World, the one that was on the Wii U. Uh, okay. I really like that game, and I think that it has uh, the the camera is perfectly great or perfectly fine with it. Okay. Um, the earlier 3D Mario games for sure have fucking camera issues and they're fucking like really 64 is cancer and you God, can't it's awful. It's so bad. It's so bad. But it's fucking bad. I think to be fair with 64, it they were just figuring out 3D. So like yeah. And at the time they didn't have joysticks, you know what I mean? Well, I mean the N64 had one. But like, yeah, that's the problem. It had one. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so, yeah, like I'm having a problem with it in that, like, I can't control a camera all that well. Um, but I think that that is a problem with the way that I'm playing it, which is handheld. But yeah. it just it, like every world that I've been to has been something different so far. Mm-hmm. And like, I I like that because I don't like I feel like a lot of the Mario games have a tendency to like when you're in a specific world, like it's, this is especially true. I feel like in the older Mario's, um, when you're in a specific world, the world design kind of feels the same across the board, but I feel like all of the worlds in galaxy feel different to me. Um, yeah, but I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm really enjoying my time with it, uh, and it's actually knocked up Super Mario 3D All Stars, uh, the collection, higher in my my personal like game of the year sort of rankings because I I still have problems with its mm-hmm. presentation and the the time or the entire idea that like it like here no thrills just here are your three games have fun yeah. like that that's fucking annoying to me but uh it's understandable too but i i still like uh, i mean the strength of these three games i think makes up for it for sure and galaxy is is definitely knocking it up for me so 
Well, yeah, I'm glad you're enjoying it because I didn't. <laughs> I, I, I'm uh, to be fair, I'm also a sucker for fucking Mario games. I just am. That's fair. I'm definitely not. <laughs> so uh, I like Odyssey. It's about as far as I went. Uh, uh, fair enough. And I, I do enjoy Mario 64. Um, I have it on the Wii U, and I stand by it. That port plays better than the Switch port, and I can't tell you why, but it fucking does. <laughs> I can't tell you why. Don't mm. ask. I have no fucking clue. I don't understand it either. But it, it, to me, it genuinely plays fucking better. Yeah, fair enough. And I don't get that shit at all. <laughs> it makes no goddamn sense to me whatsoever. Um, but here we are. Yeah. Having it play better. Well, uh, go ahead and you tell me about the game that you're currently playing. I hear you in the background, you fuck. Tell me about uh, SD Gundam Crossrays. No, I'm not. I haven't been doing this the whole time. Um, dude, SD Gundam Crossrays is a love letter to people who grew up watching Toonami. Mm, okay. Uh, it's a love letter to those English dub Gundam fans that really uh, grew up on Toonami and grew up with Gundam Wing and Gundam Seed even airing on. T- I think around the time Gundam Seed, the dub was airing on Toonami, it was really fucking cool because you had the option of watching the. Uh, earlier nighttime Toonami version, which was edited to have the sex and the blood and the cursing removed. Mm-hmm. And then at the at, on the same night, they would air the exact same episode on Adult Swim, completely unedited, just with the English dub. Mm. Um, that kept all the sex and blood and cursing and guts and screaming and shit. Um, and I think that that was really fucking cool that they did that. I actually remember watching both back in the day. Um, I remember staying up just to watch it, even though that it aired at like fucking, you know, you know, Adult Swim. They air, they are air the good shit at like fucking two yeah. in the morning mm-hmm. when a normal person would be asleep. <laughs> um, I don't know. I guess I don't know why they thought we wanted to stay up for that, but they did. Um, but it, it, it's really cool if you've ever played a Fire Emblem game, which I know you have. Um, that's what SD Gundam games play like. They are turn-based strategies. Okay. Um, and this game in particular, they had a pre, they had a game. Uh, first of all, this series has been around for a long time. Um, I don't know, I don't know off the top of my head when the first SD Gundam uh, generation game came out, but I know it was easily 10, 15 years ago. Um, so this has been a long running thing, and they very, very, very well. Actually, no, I guess they've never been localized except for this one. Um, Cross Race is the first game to ever be localized, and it was only localized on Steam. Oddly enough, that is weird. Uh, these games typically release on PS4 and Crossrays is available on PS4 if you have access to a Japanese eShop or you want to import it. Um, e- Japanese eShop, Japanese PlayStation Network. Um, where I got eShop from is it is also available on the Switch um, through Japanese eShop or imports. Um, they recently ported the previous game in the series that came out in 2017 on the P- on the PS4 exclusively. Um, they recently ported that to the Switch, and that's SD Gundam G Generation, uh, G Generation Genesis. However, that game did not get an English translation for some fucking reason. I don't understand that at all. It got an English translation for PS4, but it didn't get a multi-language translation on the Switch, which is really fucking irritating for me because I really fucking want to play that game again. But holy shit, it's expensive. <laughs> um that's another thing about these games. Um, I know a lot of people here import and they're like, oh, really expensive. No, it is cheaper to import this game than it is to buy it on the Switch or the PlayStation Network. 
Um, you can buy, pick it up right now uh, for about 60 bucks on eBay or Amazon for either the PS4 or the Switch version. However, if you go on the eShop or PlayStation Network, they are the equivalent of 95 US dollars, and that is just the base game. That's no season pass, no expansion pack, nothing. That is just the base game. Damn. And I don't get that at all. Um, they also have a premium sound edition, which basically adds all of the intro music like with it vocally. Um, that's what you get for the premium sound edition. And that shit is like $200 on the eShop. Um, the reason why it's not in the regular version is because uh, Gundam, is got, Gundam is at such a big point. Uh, such a big name in Japan that they actually have very famous Japanese pop stars do most of the Gundam openings. So for them to add them in the game, it got very, very expensive to receive the licensing to, from the artists to use those. Um, so they give you the option of buying a $200 version of the game where the only difference is that that's it. That is the only you're paying an extra hundred dollars for just, just to hear the anime openings in the game. Um, which is not fucking worth that because you can just play that shit in the background like a normal person. <laughs> uh, but for some reason, the game is on Steam. It did recently go on sale for, on Black Friday for, I think, the deluxe edition was $40, and that's a really good price point. I think standard edition was like 25 or 30 Um And this game is so much fun, dude. It, it covers... Let's see, what are all the stories that it covers? Um, it covers all of Gundam Wing, the television series, it covers the Gundam Wing manga G-Unit. It covers the Gundam Wing Endless Waltz movie. Then it moves into Seed. It covers Gundam Seed. The manga Gundam Seed Astray moves to Gundam Seed Destiny. Covers Gundam Seed uh, Stargazer, I think is what it's called, or whatever. Then it moves to Double O. It covers Double O, Double O's manga, which is Double O F, I think. And then the movie Awakening the Trailblazer. And then it moves on to Iron-Blooded Orphans and covers their manga. Uh, I actually don't remember what that one's called. Mm. Um, and I don't have time. to. I'm not going to look it up because that's too much time. Um, but it's it, this game is long. It is fucking long. Just to complete all the campaigns that are available, which you unlock another campaign once you've completed all of them. You unlock like a like a universe intertwining kind of story where all these characters come together and holy shit, that mission easily takes you seven hours and I'm not fucking joking. It easily takes you seven or eight hours. Thank God you have the option to quick save during a mission because I never would have completed that shit if I had to do it all at once. Damn. Um, because you literally have to fight every major character unit from every series in that final mission. Mm, okay. And it's, Holy shit, it's mind-numbing. It's so fucking ridiculous. <laughs> um, they did recently add an expansion pass. Uh, I don't know anything about that because I have not made it to the expansion pass yet on PC. Okay. I 100%ed the game on Switch before my entire collection was stolen from me, and honestly, that's the game that hurt the most to lose because that was uh, that was like my big Christmas present for Madison last year was her importing that game. Oh, uh, okay. So that one actually fucking... A lot of the other games, I was like, oh, fuck it, because I can just walk into Best Buy or Target or GameStop or Walmart and mm -hmm. replace them. Yeah. Like, that game, I could not. That's not something I could just go to my local game store and replace. So that one fucking stung a little bit. So I was really excited when I was able to pick it up on Steam. Um, if you enjoy Gundam, it is easily one of the best Gundam video games that's come out in a long fucking time. 
especially for alternate universe fans, because I know there are fans of the series that like the alternate universes more than they enjoy the uh, uh, Universal Century, like original standard timeline, which is fair. I still kind of think you're an idiot, but I don't know. I guess I really don't, because to an extent, I kind of do also enjoy the alternate universes. But at the same time, I have to kind of force myself to appreciate where the series started and came from. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with Iron Blooded Orphans being easily one of my top, probably top three favorite Gundam Gundam series that's ever come out. So to be able to play a video game where I got to play through the campaign of that was fucking awesome. Mm, okay. So definitely check it out. And it's also really cool. If you want to get into Gundam, you don't have to have any prior knowledge going into this whatsoever because you're literally experiencing all of the story, all of all these different series in this game. So you, you need no prior knowledge whatsoever. And I think that's fucking cool because it's way quicker than just watching the show. Cause they're Jesus Christ. They're all long. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't say they're all long. They're all about 50 episodes, but to some people that's long to me, that's not long at all. Yeah. But that's all because I've watched all of Naruto and Dragon Ball Z, so that's not shit. <laughs> Fuck One Piece, though. I'll never watch that shit. That shit is so goddamn long. Oh, my God. But, um, yeah, it's great. It's it's probably my favorite Gundam game that came out, and I'm, I'm glad I have a game that's making me use my PC more, honestly. Mm. Because I, I've been on this shit for at least two or three hours every night after the kids go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah, it's been bad. I need to get my sleep. I'm really fucked up right now in that aspect of my life. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's let's move to a different game so you can get your sleep. We'll bounce this <laughs> bounce this over to uh, my my next game, which is uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon. Okay. Um, I don't have much to say because I have only played maybe the first. Uh, probably two hours of it. Um, mm-hmm. but the one thing that I want to say is I have always liked the aesthetic of, uh, Yakuza games. Like I really love just how fucking bonkers they are. Yeah. Like I, I remember watching a video on, um, I think it was super eye patches wolf's channel, uh, where he was like, why you should play shit. Uh, Yakuza and he, mm. he went through the whole like storyline of the first I think it was like six games or something like that and uh, actually I think he in, included Yakuza 0 so uh, all of the f- original like mainline entry games so all seven of them and like kind of broke down the story and shit like that but I remember one of the things that originally caught my eye and got me interested in playing them was there was uh, a fucking karaoke like mini game sort of thing Mm -hmm. and in the karaoke thing it turned into a fucking (laughs) it turned into like a basically a wrestling match i love that like it sounds amazing (laughs) and i was like this this is my aesthetic i'm i'm totally down for this um with like a dragon the or well with the series as a whole the thing that i have been kind of thrown off because I've tried to play the ones that are on game pass just to get my feet wet, uh, is I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of the combat in the games. Uh, it's very simplistic. It's, it's a combo based sort of like 
button mashy brawler type, uh, okay. which is fine. I don't, I don't think I have necessarily a problem with those. It's just, it felt weird. And the, the intros for these games are insanely long. Like I haven't hit the, the quote unquote intro screen in like a dragon yet. And I've, like I said, I've played it for like two or three hours. That's Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. So it's long fucking time yeah <laughs> but uh, i mean it's not assassin's creed valhalla territory i've heard that you have to play like 10 hours of that game to get to the the fucking title screen i i'll say i'm easily three or four hours in and i haven't seen that motherfucker okay yet, so. so yeah um <laughs> so you're probably not wrong the the thing about like a dragon though that i am really enjoying is that the the writing is still just as witty and inventive as the other yakuza games but the combat mm. is turn-based and i am okay. i'm it i'm all about it man like i'm i'm really enjoying yeah, my time I, with this I game really enjoy turn-based rpgs so i might definitely look into that so uh i don't have much more to say about it because i i did only just start playing it like last night mm-hmm. i'll have more to say hopefully soon um okay but uh yeah i'm enjoying the fuck out of it so far Hell yeah. I'm, I'm glad that you're enjoying it. I, I've been looking into it pretty heavily. Um, it looked, it just, it just, it's always looked like the Yakuza games have always looked like something I would really fucking be able to sink my teeth into. So we'll see. Yeah. Maybe when it goes on, it, it's been going on sale like a motherfucker. The, the other Yakuza games? No, uh, like a dragon. Really? It's on sale right now on Amazon. It was on sale on Amazon the other day for like $25. Oh, God damn. That's, yeah, fucking that insane game just fucking came out literally just came out yeah saw it the other day on amazon for like 26 dollars. damn so i don't it must not have done that well uh, that's the only thing i can think of that would put it on sale that soon it's possible i, I know the yakuza games are like really really fucking uh niche like yeah, you either yeah. like them or you don't yeah i can definitely see that so i can definitely fucking see that being the case uh, why don't you tell me about new Gundam breaker? It's like everything I wanted in a Gundam game. That's not there. Ooh. Um, I played this game originally on PS4 when it first came out in 2018 and I fucking hated every goddamn second of it. I, it was one of the worst games that I'd played in a long fucking time. Um, so this is actually the fourth game in the in the in the sub series uh, of Gundam Breaker titles, but it's the first one that's ever been localized. It's the first one that's ever been actually sold in American stores. Um, and I was really fucking pissed off because I was I was collecting Gundam model kits at the time, and there was a model kit I was really fucking excited about, and then they made that a pre order exclusive on Bandai's website, and I wasn't able to get it because it sold out and it scalped for like three hundred dollars. So fuck Bandai for that stupid ass shit. <laughs> um, but that aside, the Gundam Breaker franchise is basically, have you ever heard of the, um, the Gundam build, build fighters anime series? Um, no. So Gundam build fighters is basically set in a normal universe where like wars and shit don't happen. So I guess not really a normal universe. Um, but the, like, like basically Gundam is, is a multimedia giant kind of like how it is in real life. And basically kids build these model kits and they make custom kits and made some really cool fucking designs and they fight with them in virtual reality. And that's pretty much what the Gundam Breaker franchise is. 
you build your ideal Gundam out of just taking parts from a bunch of different model kits, throwing some paints on them that make them look, you know, normal. And uh, you take them into virtual reality and you fight in like tournaments and shit. And the third one is in one of the best fucking games of that kind of hack and slash Gundam genre that I've ever played. New Gundam Breaker does not do such a good job, which kind of sucks because it's the newest one. And you would be like, oh, surely it has to be better. That was not the case. It took it, Gundam Breaker 3 took like 10 steps forward off of Gundam Breaker 2. And then new Gundam Breaker took like 20 steps backwards. Oh, damn. Yeah. it, And that's not to say it's not a fun game because I, I've probably put about 10 or 12 hours on it since I picked it up on Black Friday along with uh, SD Gundam. And I, I'm enjoying it a lot more on PC than I did on PS4. Because the camera control is not as bad. It was absolute fucking toxic cancer on PS4. Um, for whatever reason, the PS4 has version has like really bad fucking input issues. Whereas the Steam version, for whatever, does not. Nice. Huh. So I, I'm enjoying it a lot more on PC. And like I said with the other game, it's really giving me a reason to actually use my PC. Because I feel like I never do. So... Hmm. Fair enough. It's been fun. Though. And also, also, it was $7 on Black Friday. So, like, yeah, seven bucks. <laughs> it's seven fucking dollars. If I absolutely hated it on PC, what the fuck ever? It's fucking pocket change. Yeah. So, <clears throat> cool. Uh, well, let's get to our last game. Uh, it's on both of our lists. Um, I'll go ahead and lead it off because I have the least to say about it because uh, I've already talked about it pretty extensively. Uh, mm-hmm. We've both been playing Ghost of Tsushima. Um, oh, God, that game is so good, dude. It is so good. Uh, Beautiful. I hopped back in because we we're getting ready to do our game of the year shows. And I just wanted a, a quick refresher. And also, I never beat Tsushima. Um, How dare you? I know, I know. I I, I that and I haven't finished it either. I've pl- I played it really extensively, uh, yeah. but I wanted to go back through and just and and beat it. Um, but also, okay. Legends finally uh, had come out back in what August, and I wanted to check that out. So I was like, I need to get this done. So I've yeah. been playing it. Uh, the game's still great. Like it, it's really fucking wonderful. The art direction's amazing. The combat I think is really really fun. Like mm-hmm. I think this game does so many things right. Um, and Legends, which I have played not extensively, mind you, but I've played a, a, a decent portion of it. Uh, Legends is just as fun and manages to get things right in terms of like live service sort of games that even like shit, like real live service games don't get right. Like Marvel's Avengers didn't get some of the shit that goes to Tsushima or Tsushima legends gets right. Let's be honest. Marvel's Avengers really didn't get anything right. Sure. Yeah. I mean, but it's just, I don't know, man, this is a great game. It is packed with value. Fucking go buy this game. Seriously. Honestly, especially the fact that it's probably more than likely going to go on sale again uh, soon. After the Game Awards. Um, actually, it is still on sale at uh, select retailers. I saw it in Walmart yesterday for thirty five dollars. Oh shit! Okay, so, so and that's 
that's cheaper than what I paid for it on PSN, and that's a really good fucking deal for that game because you will be spending a lot of time there. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so that's the end of my thoughts. Do you, do you have anything really crazy to say about it? Um, I, it's easily to me, it's the best game that I, it's, well, it's tied. It, it's tied for me right now over Ghost of Tsushima and, and Miles Morales, um, as being my favorite game of the year. It's really fucking good. But I think right now I still am starting, I'm still leaning more towards Miles Morales. Um, I really fucking enjoyed that game, but that's all another conversation. Um, I haven't played Legends yet. I really want to. You you might know this better than I do. Do you have to like? Should I finish the main campaign before I play Legends? Like, is there anything that's going to be spoiled if I don't? No, no, because it's okay. it's actually technically a sort of like side game. Like it's it's okay. Uh, characters that aren't even in the in the the base game itself. Oh, okay, cool. Well, then I might uh, get off here, and then I might hop on there and see what see what all the hubbub is about. Yeah, I I like the shit out of it. Hell yeah, I might definitely check that out. Cool. Uh, well, if that's it, well, let's get to our picks of the week, and then we'll get out of here. <clears throat> I don't think there was any substantial news for this week. Yeah, not at all. Um, my pick of the week is a. Uh, series of comics, or you can get it in one large volume called Bone. Uh, and this is actually what I was talking about earlier, where I was like talking about reliving my childhood with you before we went on on air. Um, so Bone is a uh, a comic book series that was written between 1991 and 2004, kind of off and on. Mm-hmm. And it is a uh, kind of like a mixture of like comedy and fantasy and and a thriller, like all kind of like mixed in one. Um, oh, yeah. And it is about these three brothers or cousins, cousins, sorry, named uh, they're all they're all bones. Um, and basically they get run out of their hometown. They are crossing a desert when they are separated because of a sea of locusts and they all end up in this valley where they are kind of like traced, chased by like rat creatures and shit. And they're taken in by this girl and her grandmother. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that the valley that they enter in and are kind of staying in um, is starting to be threatened by this Lord of the Locusts. Um, And it, I I don't want to give anything away. It's really important that you read it yourself, but I I love, I, I remember reading this comic in the back end of a magazine in the nineties called Disney adventures. Um, Mm -hmm. I loved that little magazine. I thought it was great. And one of the main sales for me as a kid was getting to read bone. And it is full of heart. These characters are really, really, really fucking great. And I, I just highly recommend it. I think that it is special and I think that everyone should check it out. Hell yeah. Word. 
Cool. And your pick of the week, sir, is Demon Slayer. I talked about it earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I just started watching that show, and I think it's fantastic. And I'm probably going to finish it within the next two days. I know Madison watched it in like less than 24 hours. Oh. I don't know how the fuck she did that, but she did. So it's really good because Madison's super fucking picky and irritable over that shit. So. <laughs> It has to be really good for her to watch it an entire fucking day. I can't even get her to watch other things that people think are good. Yeah, well, fair enough. So, all right, it. that is it. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna get out of here. Um, next week, our episode will be the first of multiple episodes covering game of the year content. Oh, uh, it's gonna be a long one, isn't it? Oh, dude, we're I we're gonna be breaking these uh, probably across three full episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, so get prepared for that. <laughs> um, uh, as always, you can find us on social media for all things Culture Bop, Hunting Pixels, and the Culture Bop family of content. Hunting Pixels is on Twitter at Pixels Hunting and on Instagram at Hunting pixel or hunting underscore pixel cb you can find me on twitter at the bebop man 182 and on instagram at bebop man 182 mm-hmm. uh, you can find dylan on twitter at at om dizzy and on instagram also at om dizzy and austin thankfully finally changed his twitter handle to at big papa plays and his instagram is at Big Papa Stevens underscore. Listen, if you say that every episode, I'm going to change that motherfucker back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought it was funny. It was catchy and it was funny. It was, uh, it was something. Uh, all right. That's it for us. We will be back next week. And until then, goodbye. <laughs>